Are you a true crime advocate? Are you passionate about uncovering the truth and bringing justice to victims? Do you love the paranormal and spooky tales? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you won't want to miss the True Crime and Paranormal Podcast Festival in Austin, Texas, this August from the 25th to the 27th. This festival features panel discussions, workshops, and live podcasts focusing on ethics and advocacy in the true crime sphere. Get your tickets now at truecrimepodcastfestival.com and join us in Austin for an unforgettable experience. Welcome back to another episode of Diagnosing a Killer, the, the mental, mental breakdown. breakdown. My name is Kenna. I'm Coel. Any um, news? Not really. I mean, you know, the website's out. We're going to be talking about that, like, all the time. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Maybe some uh, extra cool resources coming up on our site. Yeah, absolutely. Soon. And we know that you guys heard the plug for the True Crime Podcast Paranormal Festival this August. Our code is D-A-K-P-O-D for 15% off of your tickets. We would love to meet you guys. And follow us on social media. Yeah. And leave us a review. Leave us a review, please. <laughs> I think that's all I have. Give us your opinion. Content warning, this mental breakdown will discuss multiple different phobias. Some of these may be triggering to people that have these fears. So just to let everyone know, we are going to be talking about specific fears, most common fears. This episode is not for you. We'll see you on the next one. Yeah. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. We're going to get into this mental breakdown. I am really excited about this one. I was brainstorming and brainstorming and I said, what have we not covered yet? And I wanted to kind of go back to my old actual DSM-5 diagnoses, things like that. So today we are going to be talking about common and rare phobias. Ooh, uh, (laughs) spicy. Yes. So I'm going to go ahead and list, I think there's like 10 common phobias in order from like most common to least. And then like 21 like rare ones, but I'll just like pepper through those real quick. Okay. Just shut them off. (laughs) But before we get started talking about the specific disorders, what is a phobia? I'm sure that a lot of people are under the assumption that it's just a, you know, fear of something, but it's actually in the DSM-5 under uh, disorder class anxiety disorders. Hmm. And it is marked as persistent fear that is excessive or unreasonable, cued by the presence or anticipation of a specific object or situation. Mm, Yeah. So, (laughs) of course, we all know the common ones. I'm going to get into some of those right now. The first one that we have is social phobia, also known as social anxiety disorder. This is severe stress that can affect your relationships, daily routines, work, school, and other activities. It can be a chronic mental health condition, but learning coping skills in therapy and taking medications if needed can also help gain confidence and improve your odds to um, grow out of it, if you will. Interesting. Symptoms of social anxiety disorder are feelings of shyness or discomfort in certain situations, fear of situations in which you may be judged negatively, worrying about embarrassing or humiliating yourself, intense fear of interacting or talking with strangers, fear that others will notice you look anxious, fear of physical symptoms that may cause you embarrassment, such as blushing, sweating, trembling, or having a shaky voice, 
I feel like I might have had this at one point. <laughs> I feel like everyone might have had this at well, one point. Well, it is the most common. That's true. Avoidance of situations where you might be the center of attention. Anxiety and anticipation of feared activity or event, etc. So, things of that nature. Social anxiety disorder typically begins in the early to mid-teens, which makes sense because that would be around the time where you're starting to be really conscious about, like, other people around you and, like, how people perceive you. Yeah. Although it can sometimes start in younger children or in adulthood as well. Hmm. For children, anxiety by interacting with adults or peers may be shown by crying, having temper tantrums, clinging to parents, or refusing to speak in social situations. Interesting. We've all seen a child trying, their parents trying to get them to, like, order something at a restaurant, and yeah. they, like, won't. <laughs> or to say thank you to the nice lady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some physical symptoms of this disorder are blushing, fast heartbeat, trembling, sweating, upset stomach or nausea, trouble catching your breath, dizziness or lightheadedness, Feeling that your mind has gone blank and muscle tension. <gasps> that sounds like me in public speaking. It, like, makes me <sighs> nervous talking about it, <sighs> right? That's, I'm, like, I'm terrified to do a panel, honestly, because I'm. it's going to be that. Oh, yeah. It's going to be like, oh, my God. Definitely. I'm going to have to have a few tequilas before. <laughs> honestly, probably fucking same. Hopefully the hotel has a bar. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it does. Now, social anxiety disorder symptoms can change over time and person to person. They may flare up if you're facing a lot of changes, stress, or demands in your life. And although avoiding situations that produce anxiety may make you feel better in the short term, your anxiety is likely to continue over the long term if you don't seek treatment. Mm. So treatment can literally be anything like educating yourself on why you're feeling certain ways or if it's more severe, of course, seeing a therapist. Yeah. Or just exposure, right? Mm -hmm. And getting, you know... Take a speech class. Exactly. I kind of got away with, like, not taking a speech class in high school because I had, like, an extra, I was taking an extra dance course, yeah. and so they told me that I could do speech online. Do you remember that? No. We did. <laughs> I had to do a video of myself. The amount of air that just came out of your lungs. <laughs> I had Sorry. to record. You were there, I'm pretty sure. Maybe not. Maybe you had already moved out. But I had to record a video of myself giving a speech, like a, a paper that I had written, in front of at least, like, seven people. And it was, like, me, Lindsay, and Paige, we were here. And then, of course, like, mom and dad. And that was only five. And no one else was here. And so we had Paige and Lindsay hold Cameron's mannequin <laughs> Shut up. Pathology school. So it looked like more <laughs> people were sitting on the couch. <laughs> was that mom's idea? Yes. Oh, <laughs> I so... knew it. I knew it. Definitely oh mom's God. idea. It makes sense that because you, if you and Cameron were here, then we would have had seven. <laughs> oh my God, it's <sighs> funny. See, nowadays you could just have a bunch of people on Zoom, you know, and that's, that's you. true. It's yeah, interesting that you wouldn't even need to have seven people in the same room <laughs> or pretend mannequin heads. or pretend mannequin heads. <laughs> and lastly, for social anxiety disorder, it's estimated that about twelve percent of the population um, has had that at some point in their lives, which is quite a few people. Yes, the next one is. Trypophobia. Trypophobia. Yes. And I'm sure a lot of listeners know what this is. I'm sure you do from, if you have TikTok, I feel like everyone talks about it on TikTok. Ew, is this the holy one? Yes. Ew, I hate this. Oh my God, I hate this. Yes. So, oh gosh. So I many know. images just rushed through my head right now I and know. I hate, I hate it all. I'm sorry. Well, I'm going to try to get through this quickly. Okay. Trypophobia brings on feelings of disgust or fear when you see patterns with lots of holes. Sunflowers, honeycombs, sponges, and seedy fruits can cause this response. Trypophobia is a type of anxiety disorder. Most people don't have a true fear of holes, and exposure therapy may help you manage repulsions to holy patterns. I think for me, it's not necessarily like a sponge or something like that, or honeycombs. That doesn't bother me. I think when it's in combination with like 
because I have a really, like, I hate facial distortion stuff, like, in scary movies and stuff. So anything that's like that, that has to do with um, abnormal uh, holy faces, like, when people do, like, the the effects makeup and stuff, I just want to punch them. (laughs) Um, No, yeah, honestly, that kind of, like, gives me the heebs, too, but not as much, I guess. So, yeah, I kind of already went over triggers. I'm not going to, like, say those again. Okay, great. Thanks. (laughs) Now, most people become aware of trypophobia after news stories reported that people reacted negatively to clusters of tiny camera lenses on certain smartphones. I'm not sure if you know that, but when the iPhone came out with the three camera back, a lot of people were like, oh, I don't like the way that looks. You know, like the two camera was fine, but then three, like, wasn't. Interesting. So that was when a lot of people became aware that they might have had that disorder. Hmm. Um, in addition, the TV show American Horror Story, Cult, featured a character who had trypophobia. So the show included triggering images that, of course, repulsed some viewers and increased awareness, although the disorder actually wasn't even named until 2005. So wow. it's like a relatively new name to diagnose Interesting. Now, we don't know exactly what causes trypophobia. One theory is that the brain associates clusters of holes with danger. For example, you may associate a pattern of small holes with the skin of a venomous snake or the eyes of a tarantula. So that's seemingly where the fear comes from. Or the holes may remind you of skin disease or skin rashes, which kind of sounds like your thing. Like a plague (laughs) thingy, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Some symptoms of trypophobia include chills, choking or dry mouth, fast breathing and heart rate, intense feeling of disgust or terror, pale skin, profusive sweating, nausea or trembling and shaking. And lastly, about trypophobia, the prevalence is only about 17% of children and adults, but that is one in six people that claim to have experienced it. Yeah. Mm. Number three. Top 100. <laughs> um, this one is called a tickophobia. It is okay. the fear of failure. Mm. Kind of sad. Oh, yeah. Atychophobia is an intense fear of failure. It may cause you to put off or avoid any activity or scenario that has the potential for an unsuccessful outcome. I mean, I'm not afraid to talk about this, but I was part of a 12-step program when I was about, like, 20, and I didn't want to go to college. I was like, college isn't for me. I'm going to be, like, you know, Bam Margera and just make video skits all day long and not have a college degree and be famous somehow. And content creation is still happening here. (laughs) It's true, yeah. (laughs) I was told that I was a perfectionist, and I was like, how am I perfectionist like I don't go to school I barely work like how am I a perfectionist because you think perfection you want to be the best at everything all the time perfect yeah and uh yeah my sponsor said it's it's because you're not trying essentially like you're so afraid to fail therefore you are perfect because if you put yourself out there and you fail then you're no longer perfect yeah yeah it's it's real and it's scary you know carried that for over 15 years now so damn well, I think you're doing great. Thanks. So, atikophobia comes from the Greek word atikis, meaning unfortunate. Ooh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> People with atikophobia may avoid any situation, again, where they see potential for failure, such as an exam or a job interview. But it can also mean being afraid of a failed relationship, a failed career, or being a disappointment to others. Ugh, that hurts. Sorry. <laughs> The fear often becomes self-fulfilling. For example, if you're so scared of failing a test, you may refuse to take the class, then you may end up failing the entire class. Yeah. Fear of failure can lead to a broad range of emotional and psychological problems, including shame, depression, anxiety, panic attacks, and low self-esteem. It may negatively affect how you perform at school or work or how you interact with friends and family. 
atichophobia is different from atelophobia, which is a fear of imperfection. So oh. it's a difference, and I didn't look up the, <laughs> the definition of the other I one. I didn't even do the research. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> so what causes atichophobia? A couple things. Family history. If a mental health disorder such as phobias, anxiety, or depression run in your family, you may be more likely to have these conditions. Learned behavior. You may have grown up in an environment where people taught you that failure was unacceptable or anything less than perfect was failure. Yeah. And, and or traumatic experiences. So if you've suffered abuse or severe punishment as a result of failure, you may fear experiencing those consequences again. Hmm. Atichophobia is kind of hard to know, like, how prevalent it is because most people keep the fear to themselves or may not even recognize that they have it. Yeah. We do know that about one in ten American adults and one in five teenagers will deal with a specific phobia, but not necessarily this one hmm. in their lives. Number four. Number four. <laughs> Thanatophobia. This is the fear of death. Okay, not what I thought it was. I, and I don't know, it may or may not be on your list, but the one that I think of the most, that I think I'm most fearful of, and it's considered to be irrational, is that, uh, like, the big open, like, crevices in the world, like, in the earth. Ooh, like the Grand Canyon? Um, maybe not specifically. Specifically the Grand Canyon, because there's kind of like a bottom to it. But if there's no bottom, oh. you know what I'm talking about? Well, I don't I like the ocean for that reason. Like, I don't like exactly. not... Exactly. I don't like being in the ocean where I can't touch. That freaks me the yeah, fuck out. same. <laughs> yeah, and there's like photos of like someone like diving, but there's yeah. just like a hole underneath yeah, them. Yeah, I like... hate that shit. <laughs> I don't think that's in here. Okay. So, thanatophobia, again, fear of death, is an extreme fear of death or the dying process. You might be scared of your own death or the death of a loved one. Mm-hmm. Another name for this condition is death anxiety, and it is actually different than necrophobia. Necrophobia is a fear of dead things, yeah. but not, like, dying yourself. Mm-hmm. I used to have, like, existential crises when I was, like, 17 or 18 years old, and I would lay in bed, and I would just, like, cry because I knew one day I would die. I do that. Actually, I did that last night. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say I do that all the time, but yeah, I just did that last night. I, stopped, I, like... I stopped obsessing about it within the last years and uh last few years but yeah when i was younger for sure i was uh, like everyone around me will die i will die we will all cease to exist and it's really heavy it's scary if you ever hear me like all of a sudden like fly out of my room and like run through the hallway or through the <laughs> living room that's me like freaking the fuck out for a second yeah. and i just walk around the game room and then i just come back to bed and i'm fine it's the weirdest thing it happens like Probably once or twice a week. Really? Yes. Oh, I am petrified to die. I got... Well, I'm not... It's not that I'm not scared to die. It's just I don't dwell on it anymore. Yeah. And know? I don't either... Here's the here's the fucked up thing is that I only... This only really happens when I'm, like, sober and trying to fall asleep. <laughs> That's why we drink. Okay? That's why I drink so much. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> the voices are so loud. I know. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I need therapy. So, Tana... Thanatophobia can affect adults and children. Of course, it's more common in adults because of the wherewithal, you have mm-hmm. the, you have the mental the understanding. But it's more common in people who are in poor health or receive a diagnosis of serious illness, mm. people that don't have religious beliefs, people that feel a sense of dissatisfaction within their life, have low self-esteem, have other phobias or mental health disorders such as depression and anxiety, have parents or loved ones who are elderly, ill, or dying, people that lack close family members or friends, and people that witness illness, trauma, or violence in their jobs, such as, like, healthcare workers. Oh, my gosh. It's bad. Like, yeah, people, uh, first responders. Yeah, definitely. 
If you have thanatophobia, thoughts of death may cause intense feelings of panic, fear, dread, or depression. You may avoid places or situations that seem dangerous. You may also become obsessed with your health, constantly, like, searching for signs of illness. Mm. Almost kind of turn into, like, a hypochondria Yeah, situation. I was going to say hypochondria. Yeah. And uh, other physical symptoms might include chills, dizziness, lightheadedness, excessive sweating, heart palpitations, nausea, shortness of breath, trembling or shaking, and upset stomach or indigestion. And honestly, like, my heart, like, palpitates when I get worried about this, and then it makes me, like, even more scared because I'm like, shit, now I'm going to make it happen. Yeah, when I get anxiety attacks and stuff like that, I usually uh, get really bad acid reflux. Like, Oh, yeah. Down. And if I'm if I'm having a stressful day or stressful situation, I know several friends that know that about me. That I'll be like, you know, I'll say like, oh my gosh, my heartburn's so bad. And, you know, I had this one friend that was always like, are you feeling stressed? You know? Yeah. I mean, he would just know. Well, because it causes your stomach acid to come up. And that's why it makes you nauseous, too, because it, like, increases Mm -hmm. the production of stomach acid. And lastly, about thanatophobia, one study shows that between 3 and 10% of people might have this phobia. Number five. five. (laughs) This is nosophobia. (laughs) Nope. 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 (laughs) Nosophobia is when you have a persistent, irrational fear of contracting a chronic, often life-threatening disease, such as cancer or HIV AIDS. And that's a quote. So it's, it's, uh, hypochondria just on... The, the most extra scale. Yes, exactly. So no, it says nosophobia differs from illness, anxiety disorder, or hypochondria, which causes you to worry about all types of sickness. So this is just oh, like chronic illnesses. Like fatal illnesses. Yes, chronic illness that Chronic like, illness that or terminal, terminal illness. Yes. That's mm-hmm. what I meant. Research indicates that all sexes and ages are at risk for this disorder, but people who are older might be more prone to nosophobia because it includes fear of dying as well. Mm-hmm. Like, um, that's typically the people that have both. People with obsessive compulsive disorder may also have a higher risk. So I'm sure we've talked about this before, but OCD causes you to need, have control over situations, including like whether or not you get sick. So Mm -hmm. it makes sense that they would go kind of comorbid together. Interesting. Other risk factors include being seriously ill as a child, a family history of inheritable disease, caring for a loved one with a serious illness or a loss of loved one with a disease, Mm -hmm. growing up with a parent who has illness, anxiety disorder, or hypochondria, and gene mutations that increase your risk of an anxiety disorder. I had an ex-boyfriend who, or I have an ex-boyfriend, not had, but have an ex-boyfriend that, um, he was really sick when he was a kid and he was terrified, especially all throughout COVID. He was terrified to get sick. Oh just, yeah. I don't blame him. And he was, I'm, well, yeah, I mean, nobody wants COVID. I'm just, you know, I, I could just see that it was, it was all he could think about. Well, it's like the last time I got sick, like, I almost died. So what happens if I get exactly. sick again, you know? Yeah. That's scary. Now, it's hard knowing exactly how many people have this specific phobia, but again, about one in ten adults and f- uh, one in five teens mm-hmm. do experience some sort of phobia. These are just general prevalence. Number six is arachnophobia. Oh, I love spiders. You used to hate spiders. I know. <laughs> I, I think it was just because, well... You talked earlier about trypophobia and how because your brain just instinctually is like, stay away from that. It yeah. looks disturbing. I think it might be a little bit of that when I was growing up. Of course, again, you know, I don't know. I've, I've grown into my love for spiders. Even my son ran into my room the other day and was like, I found a spider. And I was like, a little one or a big one? He goes, it's kind of big. And I walked in there. It wasn't that big. But I said, what do you want to do with it? You can keep it in your room or you can take it outside. And he goes... 
Hmm. I think I'll let it, I'll think I'll let it go outside. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Keep <laughs> it he, in your room. But he thought about it because yeah. he knows that they eat little gnats or whatever, you know, little bugs. Yeah. I spiders love them. Spiders don't bug me, honestly. Spiders don't bug me at all. They really don't. Fear of spiders becomes a phobia when it consumes your thoughts, interferes with your daily activities, and keeps you from socializing with your family and friends, which I have never seen a case that severe. Severe. But it can happen. Wow. Symptoms of arachnophobia include sweating or shaking and tightness in your chest or rapid heartbeat, trouble concentrating and functioning, and your thoughts becoming consumed of thoughts of spiders, fear of spiders, and even, like, keeping you up at night. Yeah. Yeah. People with arachnophobia typically avoid places or situations in which they might experience a spider or spider web or even see pictures of them. So no camping. No camping. No science classes. Not even glamping because it's still out there. (laughs) Um, People with arachnophobia may choose to stay where they feel most comfortable and turn down social gatherings, uh, family friend activities, or, you know, gatherings in general. Yeah, can't go to the family reunion in the park. Yeah, exactly. They might scream, run, or cry if they see a spider, or freeze in place if they see a spider. So it's like fight or flight, honestly. Mm. <laughs> and lastly, about 3 to 15% of the population has arachnophobia. That's quite a bit. Yes. The next one is... I'm going to have you guess this one. Guess it? Yeah. It's called vehophobia. Vehophobia. Viho. V. Cool. Oh, <laughs> it's a fear of driving. <laughs> there's chocolate, and then there's lint chocolate. Chocolate that has a silky smooth and velvety texture has become synonymous with the name lint since its conception in 1845. Click the link in the show notes to receive two 75 piece truffle bags for just $48. Be a part of the Lent legacy and grab a bag of their world-famous truffles today. So, viophobia is the fear of driving. This often follows very scary or serious car accidents Mm -hmm. and can result in the loss of independence for victims. These victims are often frozen in fear at the prospect of getting behind the wheel again, so they're at the mercy of public transport, expensive rideshares, or their friends. It's different for every person, of course, depending on what triggered it or caused it to begin. While one person may avoid all aspects of driving, another may just avoid the highway because their accident happened at mm-hmm. high speeds versus the other person. I had a friend that was like that. And he was terrified to drive. He only just got his license, like, in the last few years. Oh, man. Scary. I would feel, like, so... I have to be like, able to drive. I know. Like, I am such a control freak. Like, Me I too. always offer to drive. Yeah. <laughs> Although, what I did get in that accident... It wasn't, like, that bad, but, like, it could have been really bad. Mm-hmm. I was, like, really scared. I got in the car, but I was really scared. But I didn't yeah. have my license at that point either, so it was just a passenger. Yeah, the worst accident I had ever been in, somebody else was driving, and it was, since then, I was like, I'm never allowing anybody I to think, drive. Yeah, I think that's yeah. where it comes from. Like, For sure. fucking pass. <laughs> <laughs> fucking mint. Now, when this disorder becomes very serious, victims who suffer from it are honestly sometimes unable to even get in a car as a passenger. Yeah. I'm pretty sure OCD is the comorbidity for that one, isn't it? Oh, I'm sure it is. Yeah. I, I don't think it said it, but I'm sure it is. I've definitely seen a few cases where people had become to ritualize daily activities in their routine because of a terrible car accident they've experienced. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Common physical symptoms of veophobia include increased heart rate, shallow breathing, sweating hands, trembling hands, tense muscles in the shoulder, neck, or face, difficulty relaxing, chest pain, nausea, 
feeling excessive fear and panic attacks, which Oof. is, like, really sad. And lastly, about 5% of the population has vehophobia. Hmm. Then we go on to claustrophobia. Ooh. Fear of enclosed spaces. I <laughs> feel like I actually have this. Because I get, like, claustrophobic in here. Like, I don't know Do how you to really? sit over there. Yeah. Oh. I can sit over here because my back is turned to the wall. That's, like, my my thing. I like my back turned to the wall. Like, yeah. Even restaurants and stuff. Me too. So but I my, can see the doorway. My claustrophobia is more intense than my need to know what's behind me. Like I, th- I think because like I like to have like the exit right. Here, yeah. Oh, you, you know? do. Oh no, I yeah. couldn't do that. That I would be paranoid the whole time that somebody was behind me. Well, I would feel trapped if I was sitting there. Yeah. And you true. can see behind me, so yeah. I know that you're not gonna let anyone like <laughs> kill me. Yeah. <laughs> you're just gonna like, sit there. Hey, silent. how's it going? Yeah, exactly. Guy behind you. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I, I think I'm okay with enclosed spaces. Like, I like to be, um, like, I like to tuck myself in at night. Like, I like to be curled up in a little ball. Oh, yeah, you have that gross weighted blanket that, like, makes me want to throw up. My son uses it now. Mom has one, too, and I don't like it. It makes me, like, wa- I feel like I can't breathe, literally. It's it's great for neurodivergent people. That's the whole thing. It's meant to feel like a hug. But I feel like I'm both. See, I I like the weighted blanket. I just, it's so hot right now. I can't do it. Although, you know what? I don't like being touched. Oh, yeah. So, you know. Like, I'm, I don't. Yeah. Like, uh, the Casey is the only person I will, like, get, like, really close to me. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm, ugh, Yeah. Like, don't fucking touch me. You're a hugger, <laughs> though. When I'm drunk. <laughs> How many Patrons have you had? How many Seriously? Casamigos have you had? <laughs> Seriously. So, claustrophobia, fear of enclosed spaces, becomes a phobia when it interferes with your ability to function at work, school, or other daily activities. I guess I don't have it then, because it doesn't interfere that much. Yeah. Common triggers include tunnels, elevators, trains, and airplanes, although I freak the fuck out on airplanes. I freak out on airplanes, but it's the whole driving thing, because I'm not driving the plane. (laughs) It's nothing to do with being enclosed. I get nervous on on airplanes. airplanes. (laughs) Have you ever seen The Descent? No. Oh, The Descent is so good. I think I was talking to, it was either Joe or Brady, but I was like, have you ever seen The Descent? It's so fucking good. And uh, yeah, you'll get real claustrophobic watching that one because it's all about spelunking. Pass. Yeah. <laughs> and at one point they're like trying to rush through this little cave part and uh, the cave is like collapsing. Oh, hell no. Yeah. Well, it's not even a cave. It's like this, like you have to crawl and she starts, yeah. <laughs> nope. Absolutely fucking not. Yeah. If you have claustrophobia, you feel... Sound <laughs> like a frat guy. Bro, you ever get, like, claustrophobia? <laughs> that was so involuntary. Because <laughs> I was going to say feel, like, right afterwards. Yeah. Like, claustrophobia, you feel <laughs> anxious. <laughs> you feel anxious about being in an enclosed space or tight-fitting space. You may have trouble concentrating and functioning. You may be overwhelmed with thoughts about being in a confined space, space and your thoughts may keep you up at night. About 12.5% of people in America suffer from claustrophobia. And that's quite a bit, too. The next one is acrophobia, which I also definitely fucking have. It's the fear of heights. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I am... I get vertigo on, like, the second floor of, like, a house. Yeah. One of my uh, high school friends, he put me on top of his SUV once. Like, he picked... He was so tall. He picked me up, and he placed me on top of his car, and I started crying. Oh, my God. Because I couldn't get down. (laughs) Yeah, you're really short, too. I know. You can't just, like, jump off. so low to the ground. (laughs) This is where I want to be. This is where I'd like to be. Thank you. (laughs) If you guys don't know us in person... I'm, like, Coel's big little sister, because I'm, like, yeah. what, six inches taller than you? Yeah, five I'm 5'2", and you're, like... I'm 5'9". Yeah. I'm seven inches taller than 
<laughs> and she's eight years younger than me. <laughs> like, Cameron used to call me Glamazon. <laughs> she's a champion. So fear of heights, um, having an intense fear of situations that involve heights, such as being in a tall building or even using a ladder. The first day that I came into Think Geek, I don't even know if it was the first day or second day, but my coworker, Matt, was like, okay, so just go ahead and get on this ladder. And I was like, huh? And I was like, <laughs> I have a fear of heights. And he goes, yeah, no, you're going to have to get over that. Like straight up, he told me, yeah, no, you're going to have to, get, you're going to work here. You have to get up over it. So. Like, do you realize that you don't just like get over things like that? Yeah. Well, I big fat had to do it anyways. So... <laughs> Psychological symptoms include feeling intense fear and anxiety when thinking about, looking at, or being in high places, fearing that something negative will happen in a high place, such as falling or being trapped in a high place, feeling a strong desire to escape if you're in a high place. I My, like, biggest fear is falling to my death, and, like, I still get intrusive thoughts when I'm somewhere to, like, yeet myself off the side. <laughs> you get That's the why call- I don't like being up there, because I'm, like... You get the call of the void. It just... Just yeet yourself just off. Just yeet it's yourself like, off. I never do it. It'll be... It's one It's one second of your life. I mean, it's the last second of your life. It's one second of your life. Yeet. Jesus Christ. No, yeah, it's really scary, though. Have you ever explored on uh, the Oculus uh, going to, like... Absolutely not. No? Nope. Okay, I can't even I play, have. like, the gun shooting games because I get scared. Like, I feel like someone's really going to shoot me. I... Well, they, they do things, like, where you can go to, uh, like, Niagara Falls. Oh and you can, like, God. witness it. But it's all aerial shots. And so you feel like you're in the air. Uh, absolutely not. I know. As long as... My whole thing is... Even on planes, right? Because as long as my feet are on the, like, the floor of the plane, I feel fine. Like, I feel like I'm... Yeah. Like, grounded. I'm grounded. Yeah. Exactly. I I first realized that I really... Like, I, I'm, I'm being silly when I say, like, I think I have... I really think I have this. I first realized that in middle school when I was in earth club and we went to Garner state park for a weekend for a camping trip and we climbed Mount Baldy and it's like this really big hill. It's on a mountain. <laughs> like it didn't dawn on me where, like what we were doing or how high we were going until yeah. we were like already like 15, 20 feet like off the ground. And I was like, Oh shit. I like started freaking out. And my professor or my teacher held my hand all the way up there and he was really cute, too. So I was like, thanks. Shout out, Mr. <laughs> Ryan. <laughs> so he held my hand all the way up there. We're standing on the top. It's literally, like, a football field size flat platform on the top. And I was in the dead center of it. And I still felt like I was going to fall. Yeah. It was that intense. And on the way down, I had to hold his hand and my other teacher's hand, like, the whole way. Because I was so scared I was yeah. going to fall. I remember I got made fun of at camp once because we had to climb up this, like, pole thing. And you had to, like, use the little pegs to, mm-hmm. like, climb up it. Yeah, I only made it, like, not even halfway. And then I, like, got down, and I was, like, crying, and everybody's like, I said, how far did I make it? And they're like, you were, like, two feet off the ground. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That would be me, though. crying. Like, I never took, I never took part in, like, the rock climbing shit. Like, even if it was, like, a let go and, like, slowly drop, absolutely not. Approximately 3% to 6% of people have acrophobia. The next one is aerophobia, the fear of flying. Like in a plane? I'm yes, assuming. so it's... Di- yeah, <laughs> fear of, like, like, actually waking up one day and being able to fly. <laughs> that's, that's the fear. I mean, there's jetpacks no, and shit, I'm like kidding. those aqua packs or whatever. That sounds... I feel like I would want to do that, because then I fall and I fall in water. Like, that doesn't scare me for some reason. I don't know. But also... I don't know. Yeah, I guess, like, if I was controlling it and I wasn't, like, attached to someone, I think yeah. it might be okay. 
So people with aerophobia may be scared about different aspects of flying, such as takeoff, landing, or getting locked in the plane. Okay, never mind. You might know that this fear <laughs> is irrational because statistics show that air travel has the lowest death rates among any other forms of transportation. But the thing is, is that the the fear of aerophobia isn't actually fear of the plane crashing. Instead, it's the fear that comes with being on the plane. Like, you're not scared because you think it's going to crash. You just don't want to be there in general. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I feel that. And I fucking hate flying. I mean, like, I'll do it, but I really don't like it. I fucking hate I, flying. I throw up, like, almost every time. Next time we fly, I'm seriously going to have to take a fucking Xanax no, or something. I, I'm going to have to put one of those circular motion sickness patches on my back, and I'm going to have to, like, get fucking wasted before we get on, because yeah. I seriously puke, like, almost every time. The, when we were flying from to and from New York, I mean, it was better on the way back, but going up there, I was just, like, losing my shit. Bro, I was sitting by my damn self. How do you think I felt? No, you weren't. You were sitting on the... Oh, you're right. You? Yeah. What? <laughs> when was this? <laughs> what year is it? Yeah, I was, like, honestly, like, not trying to be rude, but I was ignoring you on purpose, because I didn't want to, like, exasperate it by, like, being like, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you Straight okay? Up. <laughs> you know? I, 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 I recoil. I get yeah. into my body, like, and I, you know, my like, legs I'm are safe. just tight. And I just, oh my gosh. It's yeah. scary. <sighs> Aerophobia affects about 25 million adults in the U.S. Now, those were the top 10 most common. We're just gonna, like, ramble off these next, like, couple ones, because I want to tell you all of them, but okay. we're not gonna, like, go into detail like we did with the last sure. ones. And I'm going to fucking butcher all of these names. I'm excited. No particular order. These are like the most rare ones. Arachibutrophobia is the fear of peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth. <gasps> That's cute. <laughs> Isn't that cute? It's like Mr. Ed. So this has happened to like everybody at one point or another, like anybody <laughs> that can eat peanuts or peanut butter. But sometimes people that have it like can eat like a small amount of peanut butter. Other times they can't eat any peanut butter at all because they're so scared of it like getting stuck. I'm not sure what it comes from. I think it might be like a choking thing. Yeah. People are just terrified to choke. Yes. This next one is called nomophobia. Nomo. And it is the fear of being without your phone. Oh. Yeah. So obviously in today's world, everyone has their fucking phones on them all the time. So it's not only being without your phone completely, but it's also the fear of having your phone like die and not have a charger or having like no service. So it's just like not being able to have that lifeline if you need it. Right. I thought about that last night. I was like, my phone's only at 50%. Should I bring my charger with me? But could you imagine if that was, like, your fear? Yeah. you had to? I literally let my phone die before I plug it in. Like, I'd never plug it in before it's dead. I have to wait for that 10% notification. (laughs) Yeah. I'll... I'll, You know what? I don't... I'm not that risky. I'll go out, like, 10%. I'll plug it in. (laughs) Arithmophobia is the fear of numbers. Mm -hmm. Most people grow up dreading meth meth class. (laughs) Shit. Fear of math. This fear of numbers makes it really hard to do math, and it, they think that it comes from uh, dyslexia diagnosis because people are so afraid of being made fun of or judged by yeah. not being able to mm. properly read numbers or letters. Plutophobia. Planets? The fear of money. Pluto? Which I... Why Pluto? I don't know, but I don't have that. I have the opposite. I, have the, I want all I the want. money. <laughs> So fear of money or wealth, um, also fear of wealthy people or becoming wealthy. Oh, I can get that. Fear of becoming wealthy? No, fear of wealthy people. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, like, that's just like not ruining people, the world. So. <laughs> all right, Mark David Chapman. <laughs> Imagine. Oh, okay. Xanthophobia. Xantho. It's fear of the color yellow. Oh. Ah! Okay. Shit. <laughs> There's yellow on my screen. I tried to show her the scars. 
just scared me and what you were doing in general. You yell at anybody <laughs> and go, ah, they'd probably, probably be terrified. So being afraid of the color yellow or objects that are commonly yellow, such as school buses or flowers. Bananas. Bananas, yeah. Mm-hmm. Avoid the color yellow at all costs. And find yellow foods to be distressing. This phobia tends to interfere with everyday life, as yellow things can be found everywhere. <laughs> so it's it self-explanatory. I mean, the fucking sun is yellow. Yeah, for real. This one is called a blutophobia. A bluto. It's the fear of bathing. I don't have that. I definitely don't. I have, have that. a problem with bathing. I'm like I lazy. Bathe. But... I love bathing. It's my I mean, favorite. I don't like taking showers. I really don't because it's a pain in the ass. But like, I like being clean. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, I'll just fucking do it. But like, no. I if I'm gonna if I'm gonna take time out of my fucking day to take all of my clothes off and like sh- bathe myself, I'm gonna do it as long as I want to. Yeah, you That's take like really a, long baths. I do. It's a, it's a process. It's not. <laughs> You know, this is fear of bathing, washing, or cleaning oneself in general. It often occurs in children. It resolves with age, but then it can be still present in adults. Mm. May result from a traumatic event involving fear of water. Mm. Octophobia. Fear of eight? Yes, fear of the number eight. Good job. I thought you were going to say octopus. (laughs) (laughs) So this is a specific fear of the number eight as it appears, like, written down. Mm -hmm. Not, like, the thought of the number eight. You know what I mean? I thought that was interesting to add. But this rare phobia may come from its resemblance to the infinity sign, which is really strange. There used to be a guest that would come into Whole Foods all the time, and they would look at their total. Like, they bought the groceries, they did the math in their head. When they would ring, I would ring everything up for them. They wanted to know what the total was. And if they didn't like the number, they would get something else. That sounds like OCD. And yeah. And it was just just really interesting to me. I was like, like, oh, what was the total? Okay. And then they'll want to look at um, like the number of the tax Mm -hmm. and then the number of like the subtotal, the tax and and the total number. And if they didn't like any of that, they would go get something or they'd take something off. That's got to be like so draining. You have to be really, really patient. Yeah, definitely. Not to be confused with octophobia, optophobia, fear of something, something with visuals, something fear with your eyes. Fear of opening your eyes. Okay. Yeah. Just walk around like this. <laughs> fear of opening your eyes? Yes. Dang. People with optophobia may prefer to stay indoors or in dimly lit areas. Hmm. This is associated with generalized anxiety disorder, and it's usually the result of a traumatic incident. Like seeing something that was traumatic, maybe? Maybe, Yeah. This next one is globophobia. Fear of the world. Fear of balloons. Oh my god. <laughs> I know. I was like, wouldn't it be like the globe? <laughs> the globe? Globe. So fear of balloons can range, of course, from person to person, as does every disorder. It can be especially hard for young children, as balloons are often present at their parties. And brought on by a dramatic experience as a child, such as popping a balloon and being like frightened of the noise. It can also be linked to clarophobia, the fear of clowns. Oh. And they're often found together, those two phobias. Yeah, that's interesting. I have a, a friend of mine who is terrified of... I don't know specifically if it's the fear of watching a balloon float in the air. She, like, hates it. And I I asked her, I was like, why? And she goes, where the fuck do they go? She fear of, Is it fear of littering? I don't know. I don't think it is. It's just the act itself of, like, watching a balloon float in the air. Maybe is, it's like, fear terrifying. of space. Maybe she doesn't know. It's so vast. She doesn't know Maybe, what's out there. Yeah. I always found that really just very unique. Yeah. I've never heard of anybody not liking balloons in the air. This next one is called ephibiphobia. A what? Ephibiphobia. 
sounds French. Amphibophobia. I don't know. It's the fear of adolescence. Just oh, yeah. fear of adolescence or youth. They perceive teenagers as out of control or dangerous and believe they are rude, unpredictable, and do not follow rules. People with this disorder are afraid of teenagers and will not want to be around them. They may avoid going to a friend's house if they have teenagers or avoid places where teens hang out. Hmm. Omaphilophobia is the fear of belly buttons. (gasps) (laughs) People with this disorder will avoid seeing or touching belly buttons, even their own. (laughs) Sorry, I don't mean to laugh. They might even put a bandage over their own belly button to avoid looking at it. And they will sometimes avoid places where belly buttons might be exposed, like the beach or the pool. I have heard of people getting belly button removal surgeries. Have you heard about this? Really? Yes. I have not heard of that. Okay, Kyle XY. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) People are removing their belly buttons. Yikes. This one is called linonophobia. Linonophobia. (laughs) It's probably pronounced something different. It's me, Linono. (laughs) It's the fear of string. Someone with this disorder will have an extreme reaction even when just thinking of string, let alone seeing it in person. They will avoid string or having anything to do with string, so they'll buy, like, Velcroed shoes so they don't have to tie their shoes. They don't use floss? Probably not. This develops from a negative association with string that may stem from a fear of being restrained or restricted. Yes. Okay, I could see that. So a person who experiences a traumatic event, such as a kidnapping or a punishment, may develop this disorder, which is really sad. Paganophobia is the fear of beards. Like facial hair. Beard. Beard is is I didn't want you to think I was saying beers, like a survey. The fear of beers. Um, So facial hair. Okay. Specifically a beard. But yeah. Not like a cover up, like when. No. (laughs) No. Not like, yeah, this is my wife, my beard. Yes, exactly. (laughs) No, so this can usually stem from an alarming incident with a bearded person or from a person not liking the fact that a beard hides someone's face. It's like a mask. Like a mask. Hmm. So they'll usually not be friends with someone who has a beard and will feel extremely nervous when talking to someone who does. That's very unique. And the last one. Are you ready for this? I don't know. Am I? Yes. (laughs) Hippopotamonstrosis quipidiliophobia. Whoa! <laughs> it's the fear of long words. <gasps> and it's the longest word in the English dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> there's like there's like 35 letters. There's more than that. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight. <laughs> I'm not laughing at the disorder. I'm laughing at the fact that it is the, it's longest. the longest word of the English dictionary, and it's the fear of long words. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, there's Fire another... that guy. Fire him. Yeah, for real. Webster. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Webster. So another name for this phobia is sesquipedalophobia. It's believed that the phobia of long words develops from being embarrassed by pronouncing long words incorrectly, which oh. I just fucking did. But yeah. This may occur when reading aloud in front of the class as a child, and this phobia can be common with people that have dyslexia. Mm. But that is all I have. Wow. That was a... <laughs> A bonus, bonus mental breakdown. Yeah. It was a long one for you what guys. What a roller coaster ride. I know. I was just, like, thinking about it the other day, and I was like, you know what? This is a really good mental breakdown, because we haven't talked about, like, any of these, really, even yeah. in our cases. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's all I have. You have anything else? No, that was great. That if was a you, lot of fun. If you guys have, like, any specific fears or phobias that you want to tell us about, that ed- you want to educate us, let us know. Send us a DM. Send us an email. If you want to share your personal story with any of these, if yeah. you com- feel comfortable doing so, by all means. Like, we would want we want to hear from you guys. We want to hear the good, the bad, the ugly, everything. So message us and 
All right. Yeah, that's it. Follow us on DiagnosingAKiller.com and everywhere else at DiagnosingAKiller. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. Looking to expand your wine knowledge or just indulge in your favorites? Gold Medal Wine Club is what you're looking for. Enjoy small production, award-winning wines from authentic family-owned wineries delivered right to your door. Unlike other Wine of the Month clubs, Gold Medal Wine Club never features private labels or bulk wines. Instead, every shipment is from a unique, family-owned winery, each with a personalized story to tell. Take advantage of multiple different style offers when using the link in our show notes and take home the gold today.